0: to Mouse Ears Movie Thoughts, where we discuss all things Disney.
1: I'm Riley. I'm Hannah. And I'm Caleb. Today is part
0: two of the Pixar Theory, so let's dive right in. All right, so just to recap
2: what we talked about last episode, we introduced humans versus animals versus machines, which will kind of be the driving force throughout all of the Pixar Theory. Then we also introduced the idea that human memory brings and creates life. First, we saw the rise of animals in The Good Dinosaur, followed by the rise of humans in The Incredibles, and then the decline of animals in Ratatouille and Finding Dory. But then we saw the beginnings of the machines in Up. And now Caleb's going to pick up where we left off last episode and explain to us just how the cars are alive.
1: Okay, so cars wake up, if you will, with the memories of their owners and they remember everything that their owners remembered about them everything that they went through with their owners they remember but it's through a carified lens so for example hallways might be wider or you know maybe they were driving instead of their owner driving just small things like that that makes sense for a car's memory and not for a humans
2: right and the cars are waking up in the order that their humans, their owners, bought them. And they're not just remembering the humans' lives or carified lens; They're living the humans' memories. So, Lightning McQueen, I think this is a good example. Lightning McQueen woke up, whatever. The actual owner of Lightning McQueen, we know, was around in Finding Dory because the driver of the truck with the fish in it is wearing a Lightning McQueen band-aid. So obviously the real, the human, Lightning McQueen, whatever his name actually was, lived then. And so Lightning McQueen the car is living his life, but in the memory of that time in Lightning McQueen's life.
1: That's a very good way to put it, thank you. Hopefully you understood that all. And so the way that they wake up, just like there are different generations of humans, There are different generations of cars, so it starts way back, even with, like, Stanley, who founded um, Radiator Springs. Obviously, he is no young buck. He is old, and that just shows that it started way back then, and it goes all the way up to Jackson Storm. And from what we have discovered, there's probably a generation or two after him.
2: Which, we're doing this math because the inhabitants on the Axioms come back in Wally. BC, around 2,800, which gives 700 years for the cars to exist. And we would place Jackson Storm right about, like you were saying, the second or third to last generation in those 700 years.
1: Yes, yeah, so as the different generations of cars wake up, that was when they were created and purchased by their owners.
2: Right. And Cars 3 really does a lot in showing us that.
1: And we can see the decline in Cars as eventually, before the Axiom returns, they're wiped out and they can't exist anymore. Mainly because Cars stopped being purchased because they went up on the Axiom.
2: Right. We see that with Doc Hudson.
1: Yes, and even in cars too, there's already a fuel shortage and they're already having problems existing.
2: Oh yes. And the death of cars I think is another important thing. With Doc Hudson, it's when their owners died or they the cars just stopped being used. Or, like you brought up with probably the newer cars, the humans left and so they have no more memories The humans have no more memories of those cars, and therefore nothing else for the cars to live out. Because the cars are living out the humans' memories.
1: Yes. So Cars 3 is the next movie in our list, and we pretty much just have one note on it. It's that there are crabs. You see throughout the Cars movies, there are little flies and bugs and things, and they're all cars. They're carified. Yes. But what is the one being or animal that is able to exist still after all of the pollution that caused the people to go up in the axiom? Crabs, just like from Finding Dory. Crabs were the one animal that were thriving and what seemed to be the one animal that are still able to exist in cars.
2: And we know this, the scene that we're talking about is Cruz practicing racing on the beach and she says she didn't drive, she doesn't go... Because she didn't want to hit a crab. Just the one line, but boy does it have an impact in the Pixar theory.
1: Yes, it does. Now, we have explained a lot of information for you, Riley. So, do you have any questions before we move on? Because it is about to get really crazy.
0: Well, so, are cars not alive until they have an owner?
1: Yes, so cars aren't... Cars don't wake up until that generation of cars was purchased and had an owner, if that makes sense. Because they're just living out the memories of their owners.
2: I think another important thing that'll kind of help with this is the cars, when we see them from when the humans were on Earth, this is another one of how Incredibles is related. Doc Hudson, before he became alive, was in Incredibles and Incredibles 2, I guess, that same moment in the beginning of Incredibles 2 in the parking lot outside of the track meet, we see Doc Hudson, who obviously had an owner at that time, but he was living out the memories of his owner in Cars and Cars too.
0: So where did all of their
2: owners go? Well, their owners either died in most of the generations or in the last generation or last couple, they went up on the axiom.
0: What's the axiom? That's the spaceship in Wally. Oh, okay,
1: okay. Because in order for a car to die, it doesn't die because of old parts or even because their owner died. It just dies when their owner stops having memories of them.
0: Oh, okay. So it's like with all the people up in the Axiom and Wally, there the cars are there too. No. Oh. The cars aren't
2: in the Axiom at all.
0: Oh. When the people are up in the Axiom,
2: that's when the cars are living out their owners' memories.
0: Oh. Any other questions about that? Um, another question I have though is where are the cars when we see Wally on Earth? Cuz it's just filled with trash.
2: So, I think the best way to explain this is just that the cars ran out of human memories. All the cars had lived, all the human memories from the people on Earth, so there was no more left to live, so they were all dead, if you will. And also, that might have been the most trashed place on Earth where they were sending the EVE drones, so there probably wouldn't have been any, even remnants of cars where Wally was.
0: So, just like it was talking about before in some of the other movies, it's like, since the humans are probably dead, they don't have memory of them anymore, so they don't work anymore, and they probably just die. Yeah. Or, yeah, basically. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Anything else? I'm good. That was a tough one, so it's it's going to be a little scary going to this new thing. Oh, yeah, you think that was tough. <laughs>
2: That was the hardest part for me to understand doing the Pixar Theory. That and one
1: other. that Okay. Too. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to go into our next movie on our timeline, which is WALL-E. Now, the important thing to think about in WALL-E is that as we saw B&L, or by and large, be introduced in Up, they have completely taken over the world in WALL-E. They are the company that owns the Axiom they are the company who is pretty much just spoiling them to death the machines learned back in incredibles that instead of trying to destroy the humans by brute force and violence they found out that it was much easier to just spoil them to death while when we see in wall-e they have extreme bone loss and It's a big deal if they just get out of their chair.
2: Right, and obviously what the machines are getting from this, by keeping the humans alive and just spoiling them to death, is their memory. And their memory and the human life gives them life and keeps them alive, really. It keeps them from being just robots. They're more AI now.
1: Yes. And while all that is happening up on the Axiom, down on Earth... It is so polluted and it's not gonna get any better. They keep sending the Eve's drones down to try to collect plant life, but as far as we can tell in Wally, Otto is just sending down the Eve's Eve drones to places where there are going to be definitely no life because the whole point of Otto is to never let them come back to Earth.
2: Right. That is Directive 8113, which is a hidden Easter egg, and you should go check out our whole episode on that.
1: And back on Earth, while there is no humans there to take care of Earth or remember it, because no one does, even the captain was having to search Earth to find out what it was. He had no idea what Earth even was or what happened on Earth or... He thought pizza grew out of the ground. I mean... Yeah. And that just goes back to where there are no humans, life cannot really exist. And so that is why there is no plant life on Earth except for when that one plant grows next to Wally. Now you might be wondering, how does a plant grow if you just said that there is... If there's no humans, there's no plants. Well, that is because... Wally is so interested in humans and is so inspired, I guess, by them. Fascinated by them, really. He mimics everything they do. Yes, he collects human accessories. He watches human movies. He really tries to be like humans as much as he possibly can. so much so to where he is able to have a plant grow right outside of his home.
2: Right, and he is remembering the humans and acting just like they would, which brings about the life.
1: Yes, because as long as he is able to watch the human movies and learn what they did, then he is able to inspire life just like the humans did. Right. So,
2: on to our next movie, which is arguably the most important. Yes, it's definitely one of the two, is Monsters, Inc. Such a important movie in the timeline. Um, yes, it's Monsters, and we'll get into how that happened. So, basically, once the humans return from the Axioms, they return to Earth, we see in the credits they're trying to put Earth back together and restore it, but the Earth is also just heavily polluted. I mean, their atmosphere is literally layers of trash. They're not going to be living healthy. And this leads to mutations and genetic like disruptions, basically. And they evolve into monsters. And another good point to add here is actually Luca. Which really helps in this whole... Timeline. This was another part of the Pixar Theory that I really struggled with, and when Luka came out, it just helped me in so many ways. I think you can agree with that,
1: Caleb. Oh yeah, 100%. Because, yes, most of them just purely transformed into monsters, but some of them, especially maybe the water monsters, were able to breed with the water monsters that are in Luka. Because while there is so much trash in the ocean, either they stayed in the ocean and somehow survived, or they turned into a human when they went up on land and were on the Axiom, and you just never knew. And so, if they come back and they breed with some of the water monsters in Luca...
2: In human form?
1: Yes. Then they're able to have... Water monsters and land monsters like we see in Monsters U and Monsters Inc.
2: In Monsters University, there is a underwater school that we see as Mike and Sully are heading to class. Another point is Luca is set in the Incredibles time period as well, just in a different part of the world. Yes. So underwater monsters have been around at least since just before then. Probably much longer.
1: So, before we get into how the monster world runs and what the whole movie is about, really, Riley, do you have any questions? Because we are just bombarding you with things right now.
0: Um, yeah, um, be prepared. In Wally, why didn't they just kill the people instead of having to take care of them and, give, and spoiling them and
1: everything? Because it was one. It was much easier for the machines to just spoil them to death. We saw in Incredibles, they just sent out one machine, and it was a global thing. Everyone was watching it. And so it would have been much harder for the machines to somehow persuade humans to build them because they can't build themselves. So they have to persuade humans to build army machines, and then they also have to take down the entire world's army and defenses. It was just a lot easier for them to do something that we see in Incredibles 2, like we brought up, you already see humans being much more reliant on screens and machines. The machines just kind of built off of that until it got into Wally.
2: Right, and in Incredibles 2, they're reliant specifically for entertainment and pleasure Although, the machines definitely switch more over into necessity. I mean, in Wally we see they can't style their own hair. They can't put on any clothes. They can't feed themselves or go get water. They can do nothing. And the h- machines have made them so dependent. They've made the humans so dependent on the machines that they need them to build the main robots, to build the little robots so that they can get all these necessity items.
0: Okay. Um. Another question. When Eve came to check for life, like, what was that for? Like, what were they going to do with that?
1: Well, the whole point of the axiom was to send humans up into space, and they were going to keep sending these Eve drones down there to search for plant life. And if one came up with a plant, that meant that Earth was able to be lived on, and that activates the A one one three initiative, and so that they would come back down. But auto, short for autopilot, was trying to. He was either getting rid of the plants if the Eve drones were coming back up with them, because for all we know they could have been coming up with abundant plant life, after time after time after time but Otto is just throwing them out into space, and so no one ever knows. Or Otto might purposely be sending them to a place on Earth where there is the most population, and there is no way that plant life could survive. And thank you, Hannah.
2: Yeah, pollution. And another point for why the machines did not just kill the humans, they need their memories. They need their presence to bring life.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. Like like before, it kind of all connects, you know? That is the point of the Pixar theory. <laughs> okay. So let's get into another question I have. Um, how did a plant grow in a boot? Well, there was dirt and Wally
2: watered it. Mm, yeah. And it didn't start out growing in the boot either.
1: Yeah, it was just oh, growing okay. and Wally picked it up and put it into a boot.
0: Oh, I thought it started in a boot and I was so confused. But okay, that answers my question. Okay, let's dive into more confusingness. Let's go. (laughs) And
2: does the monsters, Inc., and how humans became monsters, does that make sense at all?
0: So humans became monsters? Yes. So the monsters were humans at a point? Yes. How did they become monsters?
1: Because can you imagine coming back to Earth from the Axiom where everything is, like, so clean... And you're not even getting all the vitamins that you need. (laughs) And then you come back to Earth and... I mean, like you said, their atmosphere is just trash everywhere. The amount of pollution is so much, it causes genetic mutation. Because they've been in such a heavenly environment. And then they come back to Earth and it is just too much for their bodies.
2: Going back to the vitamins that you were talking about them needing... They didn't even have real sun. And if you've had any biology, anatomy class, you know how important sun is to our survival. I mean, it affects your bones, it affects your skin, it affects just how you live. And also, like, just everything on the axiom ruined their ability to live and function. Their bones were already almost gone completely, so it wouldn't have been very hard for...
0: Their mut mutations to start. So, every Pixar movie is on Earth? Like yes. it's all Okay. Well, no. except
1: for
2: one exception. Uh, we weren't planning on talking about this, but...
1: Since you brought it up. <laughs> yeah,
2: we might end up doing another episode on this, but we're not entirely sure. Onward is actually on a different planet. And we know this because it is, um... One of the mountains that you see over and over again, really, looks like an axiom that crash-landed. So, one of the mountains that you see over and over again looks like an axiom that crash-landed. And the back end of it is sticking up. So, if you try and picture that, the back end is sticking up at different points. And obviously, earth and dirt and grass and all this has also grown up around it. But that also is clear evidence for humans mutating into monsters or other creatures. Clearly, these ones aren't quite as monstrous. They're more human-like, which probably just suggests that they're at a different... Obviously, it's a different planet, so they need different mutations. But also, they might
0: just be in a different stage of mutation. So... For the other people that the monsters are scaring, how, why did they not turn into monsters?
1: Well, Well, that kind of leads us into our next part. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but we'll save that for our next episode. For now, let's play some trivia. Hello and welcome to Mouse Ears Movie Trivia with your host, Riley. Riley
0: right so this is part two for our trivia game last episode we did our first trivia game and then this is going to be our second and then next episode will be our third this is a tournament so who at the end whoever went whoever loses two out of three will have to do a punishment that punishment is eating hot sauce on a marshmallow which right now just sounds absolutely disgusting and i for sure know that i would not be happy to do that
2: yeah, me either. Definitely not planning on doing that.
0: So I'm just gonna set up some ground rules. So you have to wait for me to finish to you have to wait for me to finish the question for you guys to answer. And if one person gets the answer wrong and then the other person can try to get it right and steal. All make sense? Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Let's introduce our contestants. In the red corner, he doesn't like whipped cream, and he thinks watermelon tastes like crunchy water. Caleb!
1: Um, hello? Uh, I'm sure there's probably three or four of you out there who are completely on my side just after that introduction. And for the rest of you... Yeah, nothing. Nothing to say.
0: Um, would you like to introduce your buzzer?
1: Um, sure. My buzzer sounds like this.
0: In the blue corner... She thinks tomatoes feel like they're filled with snot, and pickles make her nauseous.
2: Hannah! Hello, hello, thank you. Thank you, Riley, for that introduction. Uh, I know there's people who agree with me at least on the second one there. No doubt about it. It's disgusting. And, uh,
0: yeah. Um, your buzzer sounds like... So, before we get started, do any of you have any questions about the rules, or just really anything about the game? No. No, I think we're good. Okay, let's get started. The first question. What is the code used in Monsters, Inc. to lure a child breach out of the monster world? Hugh?
1: That would be 2319.
0: Correct. Man, my my head was in a different place there.
1: Yeah, no, I had that one when you were halfway through saying the question, so.
0: (laughs) Okay, question two. Everybody ready? Yeah. Yeah. What was the first Pixar feature film made? (laughs) Hannah? Uh, feature film. I'm guessing
2: that means full length, and we're gonna say...
1: Is there a timeline? Toy Story? (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) Whew, that really, like, threw me off for a second. I, for some reason, my brain went to shorts and down that whole trail... Yeah, I
1: I think we need to implement some sort of time limit, personally. I
2: I think that it was fine. I got around to it. Uh i needed processing time. Okay, okay. Okay, Anyway, if you don't know what a feature-length film is, that's just a full-length movie. I kind of explained that earlier, but I was a little frantic then, so now you get the real answer.
0: Okay, everybody ready for question three? Oh, yeah. In the Pixar film Up!, Where did Carl and Ellie decide to save up to go? (laughs) Hannah? Niagara Falls? Nope. Kill.
1: Um, well, there's no time limit, so I'm going to think about this. (sighs) I didn't even click my buzzer because I'm not sure where this was. Um, was it, like, um... Uh, was it something cliff or something falls? I, I I have I know where it is. I'm imagining it in my <laughs> mind right now.
2: Hey, you can't take forever now.
1: Hey, you yeah. did.
0: Hey, I took much shorter than this. <laughs> okay,
1: we're gonna go with um uh rocky cliffs. I, I don't even know.
0: No, the correct answer to this would be Paradise
1: Falls. Oh my oh, gosh. Man.
2: Okay. Wow. I really thought I
0: had it there. Nobody gets that point. I was confident.
1: Do you um, know what the score is? Just ask yes, me. Yes.
0: is is 1-1. Oh, right. okay. All right. And we're on question four now. Question four. Which five emotions control Riley in Inside Out? I think that one was Caleb. Um, what's
1: your answer? So my answer is joy, fear, anger, disgust, and sadness. Sorry, I almost forgot that last one there for a sec.
0: You did. That's all right. Everybody wow. Is everybody ready for question five? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which actor plays the voice of Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story 3? <laughs> Hannah. Tim Allen. That is correct.
2: Wow. Well, I, I think we both knew Caleb and I were waiting for that question to be yeah. done.
1: Yeah. Wow, we were, I was, I was you can waiting. only see
2: how close we were
1: to our buzzers. I was waiting to see if it was going to be one of the Toy Stories or Lightyear. because that's, that's a good, that's
2: tricky one, yeah.
1: And then when she said Toy Story 3, I'm like, they're all the same. I like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
2: Yeah. Thought for a minute, I was like, wait, is it different in Toy Story 3?
0: Okay, everybody ready for question six? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. question six. What number is Lightning McQueen? Caleb.
1: I believe he is number 95.
0: Oh, man. Correct. My brain froze. I, I froze. You I, did freeze. You very much did freeze. I think
1: the word that you're searching for is choked. I think you choked Miss Professional. Hey, you
2: forgot Sadness, one of the main characters. All
1: right, I'm, look, I'm playing like there's no tomorrow, okay? This is my victory game. That's right, I this is your back. last
2: chance. You have no hope for the next game.
1: Yeah, please. Who's winning? Score, please.
0: 3-2, but Darn. if Hannah gets his next question, it'll add it up to a tie. Oh, And if Caleb gets his next question, he'll win, or if nobody gets it, he'll still win. So, this wow. is the deciding question, everybody. This is big. Question seven. Everybody ready? Yeah. What holiday is Coco based on? <laughs> Caleb, if you get this wrong, then Hannah can steal.
1: Okay, so these are my answers. I'm just talking about real quick. Okay. So, it's either Cinco de Mayo or it's like the Day of the Dead. Um, I'm going to go with the... Final answer? Day of the Dead. That is... Correct! Yes! Oh (laughs) my gosh! I was sweating bullets! And when I clicked (laughs) the buzzer, I thought for sure it was Cinco de Mayo, and then I switched (laughs) when I was changing.
0: I was especially excited for this question because I thought this would trip you guys. I thought you would you would say Cinco de Mayo and it'd be thinking in your head, and we are like, "Oh wait, it's Day of the Dead."
1: Why would you all say Cinco de Mayo? What I don't earth? know. I haven't seen Coco in a mi- in a while, not a mile. <laughs> but um, and so I that was just the first Mexican holiday wow. that popped in my head. That was a very good question, though, for the the time right here. <laughs> so this is now
0: four to two. Um, So Hannah won the last one in the last episode. Kale won this one. So the next one is the breaker, like the next one. The tiebreaker. Yeah, it it decides yeah. who does the championship. The championship. Who eats hot sauce on a marshmallow? Ugh! I just can't even think about that right now. Seems yeah. so disgusting. All right. Well, I think this is gonna about wrap it up for us, folks. So make sure to go check the link to our website to check out all of our episodes. And make sure to go check out our YouTube channel, Mouse Ears Movie Thoughts. And we'll see you next time.